Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case McGinnis v. State, 634-SW-2D-912, Texas Court of Appeals, 1982. I have a case for you today. What happened in this case? I'll get to that in a second. I want us all to reflect upon the First Amendment while evaluating this case. Let's view this case through the lens of advancing the First Amendment. So this is what happened. Quote, This appeal is from a conviction for the offense of exhibition of commercial obscenity by showing an allegedly obscene motion picture film. Punishment was assessed by the jury at a fine of $2,000 probated for one year. End quote. What do you think about the fine for 2000 we need to adjust that for inflation, and it's even higher yet. 1982 was a long time ago, almost as long as I've been alive ago, so it's too much then, and it's certainly too much now. The decision continues, quote, The appellate is a union projectionist. On August 13, 1980, he was working at Westwood Adult Cinema as both a projectionist and a ticket seller. That afternoon, two undercover police officers purchased tickets from the appellant and watched the film inside Desiree Custo. End quote. This says he's a union member. Good job. In addition to my passion for advancing the First Amendment and obscenity, I also am a union member, so I can relate to that. I didn't know projectionists had a union. Maybe they don't today, but they apparently did back then. So bravo. Way to go. The decision continues, quote, The officers returned to the theater on August 15th with a search warrant and arrest warrant for the appellant. They sat through two movies, Inside Desiree Costeau and All About Gloria Leonard, waited until the theater closed, and then seized the film advertisements of the film, tally sheets and worksheets and arrest the ticket seller slash projectionist, not the appellant. The appellant is before the, this court today on 29 asserted grounds of air. End quote. Do you think those officers in any part of their body or soul enjoyed the films they watched? Makes me wonder. 29 grounds of errors. Way to go. That's a very thorough defense of the First Amendment. This court addressed several of the errors. One of the errors they discussed was in the search warrant, it declared that he believed to have knowledge of the film's nature. And then they argued you have to know, not believe. It's a subtle distinction, but for our purposes, it's an important one. As they say, quote, in matters of commercial obscenity, the Supreme Court of the United States has not varied from its requirement that the individual must have known the contents of the material. In the instant case, the affidavit in support of the arrest warrant states the defendant held himself out to be manager clerk of said business and is believed to know said film's contents, emphasis added. 
A mere statement of officer's belief in cause suspect is insufficient to support the issuance of arrest warrant. So they ruled on our friend's behalf here. Another motion that the defendant put forth was the nature of the search warrant. They argued that the search warrant was too broad. And as the court stated, quote, the Fourth Amendment prohibits general warrants from giving officers a roving commission to search and seize on their own whim, end quote. So fortunately, they ruled on behalf of our friend here on that ground. The other issue of concern that they addressed was the officers in their desire to rid the world of filth and smut photographed a condom in the theater. But the Court of Appeals didn't buy it. They said, quote, the photograph of the used condom was connected in no way to the appellant, the offense, or even the date of the offense. Exhibit 24 further constitute evidence of another offense, the perpetrator of which was unknown, and not shown to be within the appellant's knowledge. End quote. Sounds good to me. They discuss how the prosecutor made a big production of the condom and how it demonstrated degeneracy and indecency and how it was linked to the defendant here. But the court says, quote, In our view, it appears that it appears from the preceding argument by the prosecutor, as well as from the evidence presented at trial, that the appellant was prosecuted at least in part, not alone for the offense with which he was charged, but rather for an offense against public morals and decency committed by an unknown person at a time uncertain, end quote. That certainly sounds unfair, and it definitely is. So the court gave points to our side for that matter. Ultimately, they concluded, quote, the judgment is reversed and the cause remanded, end quote. Way to go, McInnes. All your issues of concern were won, and you won the Court of Appeals decision. Way to go. Way to fight the good fight of the First Amendment. For that, provided you didn't have any terrible sins otherwise, you go to First Amendment heaven. May we strive to be like beginners and aspire to enter First Amendment heaven when we die. First Amendment heaven is what we need to be at. First Amendment heaven is a place to be. How will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.